When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening. David Wildey and Dan Menzel for Irrigear Sports Day SA. You can save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Check them out as a welcome. Daniel Menzer. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm going well, thanks, Woods. It's great to be here on a Wednesday afternoon. What's caught your eye today? Uh, I mean, the Clayton Oliver news has to be probably the one that has... I, I don't know if there's much in it. I think it's a beat-up. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I definitely think that. Like, he has to agree, first of all, to go somewhere, if that's the case, and Melbourne have to agree to him going somewhere. Now, that would have to be for the greatest deal of all time. He's got a seven-year deal. I don't think it's anything's going to happen, but at the same time, we get to this... Season and it is the silly season. And uh, one person says one comment about, oh, maybe a club might be interested here, and it does blow up a little bit. Yeah, and he's on about a million bucks for seven years. And one of the, gee, I'll tell you what, if the Crows could get him, though, it could be the missing link, the missing piece. Uh, Or even Port Adelaide to have another one in there. It'd be huge for a number of clubs if they could get someone like Clayton Oliver. I mean, if he didn't get injured this year, he could have won a a Brownlow medal. He's been that close the last few years, so I don't see him going anywhere cheaply. You, you, You played in Melbourne, albeit outside of Melbourne, but a lot of those players, they... They like the big crowds too, don't they? They like the big clubs. So for someone to go from Melbourne where he's played in the flag to come to either Port or the Crows, I, I, I think you'd find it a lot different, a lot, lot different. Yeah, certainly would. I think you see players, Joe Danaher is the example, who you know doesn't love the media, doesn't love uh, walking around and being recognised and, and likes to be a little bit more under the radar. So he's the example who goes up to a Brisbane and, and Buddy's the same at Sydney, but... Again, I think for a lot of other players, it's the opposite. They do enjoy um, they do enjoy footy first and foremost, and the spotlight they handle quite well as well. But of audio on Callum Mills uh, wrestling with a mate, uh, does his shoulder? And I, I didn't realise his shoulder was nine to twelve months. They're talking must have been a, a bad one. Yeah, and yet he he didn't report to the club for a couple of days. He didn't think it was that bad. So uh, something about the rotator cuff, and that's about nine to 12, 12 months to get it right. So is that? Worth losing the captaincy over. I mean, he, he's a good lad. He's a he plays solid football. Probably mucking around with the mate. We've all done things like that, and it's ended up awkwardly. Yeah, no, it's definitely not worth losing the captaincy over. It's it's a disappointing one. Um, look, I think it was potentially at one of their celebrations or the end of the year catch ups. And uh, yeah, look, I've been at these different uh, events at the end of the year, and sometimes. Things don't get out of hand, but they get to stages where guys get a little bit silly, and and that's what's happened in this case. A, a bit of wrestling, and unfortunately, uh, it's the worst case scenario for Sydney. Which, I mean, I know that John Longmire would have been extremely oh. frustrated because I know he was when Dane Rampey fell over the chain and broke his arm 
Um, and so there's been a couple of off-field incidents for the Swans with their captains, which they haven't been too happy with. You know, Mad Mondays, I think Geelong get best dressed every year. Some of their outfits are amazing. Here's Callum Mills on the captaincy. Look, I think that's a discussion for the club to have. Um, we haven't had those discussions, but what I will say is I absolutely love leading this club. It's something I hold clearly um, deep to my heart and and it's something that I love doing and it's it's a... Uh, it's a position that I that I don't hold for granted. So is there a chance the captaincy talks could still come up? And if so, are you desperate to, to hang on to it if it is brought up and it is questioned? Look, that's a that's a decision for the club to make at the right time. It is what it is. I don't like that question at all, to be completely honest. They're not going to strip the captaincy off him. And if they do, then it just builds it up and makes it even bigger than what it is. The pressure gets even worse. You don't need to do that. Um, it's an unfortunate incident. I mean... Guys, unfortunately, do and make mistakes all the time. And in a year or two's time, this will be forgotten. I guarantee you that. Um, but no, he will not be stripped the captain. Yeah, if you're serial pest, I think, and say second or third thing yep. you do. But yep. no, I agree. And he's, he's a really good lad. So um, can we go to Johnny? Can we? Hello, John. Hi, David. Dan, how do you fellas? How you going, John? What I, do you uh, got? Listen. Yeah, good, thanks, fellas. I, uh, just on Scott Pendlebury... Where's he rank? I mean, I mean that's he's an amazing player, but he's in top half a dozen, top ten. You go back a bit slightly further than I do, Will. I'm fifty-five. Where do you blokes rank him? I mean, he, he's an unbelievable. I'm not a college, you know, I'm a sport man, but you're incredible with Rich Jew. He's an amazing footballer. He is an amazing footballer. So you're talking all time, um, John. So yeah, I think he's the best Collingwood. Arguably now, John, best Collingwood player uh, yeah. over Buckley. Buckley, I think, won five or six B and F. But, but Pendlebury's going to – he'll be the uh, the most games record holder. You watch. He'll pass Boom Harvey yeah, in, a, in a couple of years. But, um, it's yeah. It's on Pendlebury. It's on Pendlebury. Yep. There's no troubles with him. Like, Malcolm, Malcolm White would love to coach him. There's no troubles with him. A bit like Craig Bradley going back, you know, running machines, brilliant, brilliant skills, fitness fanatics. Brattles is playing sports as well as 12 months a year with his footy and his cricket, whatever else, and tennis and golf, everything's going to move. And you'd never hear any troubles about having a, like a coach or somebody having to go and bail, throw Brandy out at 2 or 3 a.m. from a nightclub or, yeah. or a cell. And I dare say, Pendlebury, this is very similar. Yeah, no, you're right. I think um, that's why Nathan Buckley liked him so much and, and he was then ultimately captain. And potentially why there was a little bit of a rift where the Rat Pack was on one side and Pendles and the good guys on the other. And that's how the Rat Pack sort of finished up. But you're right, Pendles has never put a foot wrong. And um, he he will go down. I mean, there's every argument that in the best 10, best 10 or 15 players with what he has done. I agree. And, I agree. and his consistency and longevity over such a long period of time. Is he as talented as some of the guys? No, but at the same time, he has been unbelievable for such a long time. Yeah, I, I'd almost dispute that. I think his talent is amazing. His, his ability to get out of trouble. He doesn't miss by hand or by foot. He, he doesn't miss many games, full stop. Now, talking, Dan, about him being a, an unbelievable on-field captain. Now, the last two playing captains were Jezelinka and Malcolm Blight. That's how far we go back. But they were showing vision of him pointing, you stand there, I stand here, do this, do that. He's just an unbelievable player, and uh, yeah, there's no dirt on him, like you say. I remember asking Blighty about, did you ever tell off Darren Jarman or Andrew McLeod? He said, I never had to. Yeah. Never. And Blighty was the master of telling off people. So, <laughs> yeah. But you're right. I think you're right. He'll go down. Um, 
players like that can one day become legends. If he if he gets the game's record, yep. now he hasn't won a Brownlow, but he's been close a few times. Yep. He's won best and fairest, two premierships. Um, he could he not only be an AFL Hall of Famer, he can lay claim, you know, down the track, yep. maybe even a legend. So thanks for that, John. Um, yeah, Scotty Pendlebury. That was a good oil, in fact, from John. I'll give you that uh, for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Remember the name, Cobram Estate, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Did you catch up with the cricket today? The, they were going okay, the Redbacks, but they've, they've had a bit of a setback in the last hour. Yeah, they lost a few wickets in the second inning, so they made a 307, and then Tasmania came out and had about a 70-run lead after the first inning. So... It was somewhat evenly poised, particularly with the Redbacks bowling last. The Tasmanians would have to chase in the fourth innings. But, uh, yeah, have come out and lost three quick wickets to start the second innings, which they haven't even caught up to Tasmania's run total yet. So it's um, not great signs for the Redbacks in their first, in their opening Sheffield Shield game for the season. Yeah, I'll get Sam to update that score. But you're right, lost, they were three for 30 last I saw. And Jake Lehman, who made 100 in the first innings, he has come out and he's going to need another 100 in the, the second innings. Uh, you want to talk about we some draft picks too? You're looking at, uh, I think you mentioned Geelong, only one draft pick, yeah, one. I think we, we've spoken about in the previous couple of days about Asava Radicalier and that happening and him getting to Port Adelaide as well as a few other players. Now, Geelong has pick seven in this draft and then they don't have a pick after that until the rookie draft. So incredible. it is bizarre. It's incredible. We know that they need to regenerate their list and replenish it. And so, what that means, and that tells me, is the Radical Air deal will definitely get done because they will want a draft pick. And whether that is 20, 30, 40, whatever that look, looks like, they're going to need a few picks in those regions and those rounds. So Geelong will certainly move a couple on and get some draft picks come in. Adelaide, a really nice draft hand. Pick 9, 21, and 24. So that will be um, interesting to see whether they retain those picks or whether they package a deal even. They might even look to move up. They could trade 21 and 24 for something in the top 10 or 15 picks and have a, have two in the top 10 or 15. So Adelaide in a really nice position. Port Adelaide doesn't look as pretty for their draft hand. Pick 38, 44, and 71 for the power. So the power, not the greatest draft hand. And the other thing we didn't mention about Adelaide is they're going to get compensation for Tom Doday, who today registered or elected Brisbane. Maybe a late second round pick, you think, somewhere in there? Yeah, so that will probably put them in the 30s as well. And then you've got McAdam as well. So the Crows are going to have a beautiful draft choice and draft hand going into this year's draft period. Just got a uh, texting in Texas too, anytime, 0427154166. As good as Oliver is, Adelaide's not trading out 21 and 23 old key position players in a rebuild team from midfield who will be 27 next year. Adelaide will be able to get pick four and nine for Oliver's worth pick one and 12. That's enough for Oliver, says Costa. I think we can, um, everyone can have a guess at what, it, I don't think he's coming to Adelaide. I'll, I'll be staggered. Yeah, I'd be shocked. If I'll... Oliver wants to come to Adelaide, get out of Melbourne, because Melbourne is still in the window. As we spoke about last night, they lost both finals, but they lost, you know, by a couple of points both times and really dominated both games. Yeah, I think the other point that's got to be cleared up here and, and the point I want to make from a, players perspective is the chat around this has been that Melbourne has suggested that they will listen to offers now you'll you'll listen to offers about any player at your club because it might be your best player someone could go to Carlton and go here for Charlie Kerno we'll give you pick one pick five and pick ten they're going to take that so what I'm getting at here is I am more certain that Clayton Oliver 
had no idea this was going to come out. Mm. He had no idea. He was sitting there going, I'm not leaving Melbourne, which means that's done. It's not happening because he has to accept the trade for it to go through. Just on that, Horn Francis bought, did very well to get him back home. A number one draft pick only plays one year at North Melbourne. But they got Harry Sheasel and George Wardlaw and I think a future round, first round pick. Yes. So they're going to get three for one and both Wardlaw and Sheasel. Sheasel won the Rising Star we won the best in Paris. Best in Paris I mean, well. amazing. Yeah, and he's going to be a 250, 300 game player. Yeah, I think this is one of those ones where it's going to be a win-win for both teams. And North Melbourne have gone. Look, if he is a generational star, then we lose out. But if he's not, we're going to have two and three goes at this, two and three cracks at it. And by all reports and all looks at it, Sheezel we know is going to be a very good player. But Wardlaw looks like he's going to be a player as well. And just quickly, Port don't have a good draft hand, do they? When they they want to bring these guys in. Yep. Maybe they're going to have to trade a couple of players out? Yeah, I think it will have to be players because, as we mentioned, pick 38, 44, and 71 for Port Adelaide. So that's not uh, that's not pretty, and it's not going to get all these deals done. Could they have got anything for Bonner? They delisted Bonner. Yep. Like he was, he's a handy sort of player, but uh, maybe maybe they've seen enough of him. Yeah, it would have been a very late pick, so I don't think yeah. that there was any interest there. Fair enough. Coming up on the show, thanks to... Um, Luma Energy, switch to the affirmative, and all the all-electric Kia EV6. You can get up to 528 kilometres of range there, so Luma and Kia. We've got 36 assistants, Scotty Ninnis. We're going to the uh, Karen Rolton over and speak with Laurie Colliver. Hopefully, they can get a good partnership going there. And more trade news in our Continental Tires AFL trade radio update. And the Crows AFL player, TT, they're sitting five and zip. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back, Sports Day SA. Dan Menzel and David Wildey. Um, shortly, the trade radio update brought to you by CMC Investors. It's international investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. But first of all, let's go to the leg up, Australia's fastest growing tipping service. Here's Blake Johnson. G'day, fellas. Nice to back a few winners for our SEN listeners over the last few days. Tomorrow, we're going to Gosford, race seven, number eight, the King. I think this horse is ready to peak third up. First up, hit the line really sweetly, and then last start had every chance. But the race went really well, and he meets that winner one and a half kilos better here. Maps perfect. Visors go on. I reckon he's hard to hold out, fellas. Good luck if you follow. Well, there you go, race seven, number eight, the King. They've been pretty good too. Get a leg up on the bookies, Australia's fastest growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Trade Radio, what's what we got here today, Dan? Tommy Duday off to Brisbane. Yeah, we mentioned Duday off to Brisbane. So uh, we thought that was going to happen. It was either Brisbane or Collingwood. And uh, it will be uh, Brisbane, which uh, will be interesting to see what it is. It may be a second round conversation pick. What, do you, what are you thinking um, about uh, Marby Old Child? Would you, do you think he'd be a good fit for Adelaide? I think uh, Mabio would be... He's still been playing up forward, though, so I don't know if he would because we know that the Crows' stocks in the forward line are very good, and I'm not sure that the offer has been there potentially for Mabio Chol. No, we've got no offers for him at the moment. He, he At this stage, there's no decision by him as to, to where he might wish to go. There's a number of clubs that are still talking to him. I'm pretty sure he hasn't spoken to him. So Marby, that was on Marbia Child, Craig Cameron there. The other ones that are of interest of mine are the Gold Coast players, the other players there, which is Chris Burgess and Elijah Hollands in particular. 
Yeah, I reckon uh, Elijah would be a great pickup. Yeah, there has been. We've got nothing concrete at the moment from anywhere. Uh, again, we had an open conversation with Elijah, uh, saying to him that if, if he wanted to explore, we'd be open to it. Um, uh, he is contracted, so if nothing occurs, we're more than comfortable with him coming back to us and, and playing. Um, yeah. Sorry. I was just sorry, Matt. I was just going to ask you: Would would future picks potentially be be part of an equation for for someone like him? I think so. If that's what we could do, I think we can do. We, we can use pick four in a way that will allow us to gather enough points for this year for to match our academy players. So, uh, with with any of the players that we may trade out, um, if we can get some future collateral, that'd be really. He was um, he was picked. Top uh, first rounder, wasn't he? Elijah yeah, he was uh, really highly touted as well. So if they can, if you can get the best out of him, then he'd certainly be worth it. And the other one is Chris Burgess. We said son of Tony Burgess. Here's Craig Cameron talking about him. Uh, I'm, I'll be sitting down and speaking with Adelaide over the weekend, so we'll get a little bit closer to that. Um, we haven't been officially told that that's where he'd like to go yet. Okay. Um, so he, he's overseas at the moment, but um, I, I expect in the next few days that we'll find out a little bit more on that, and we'll just work through that uh, again. It would be, we'd prefer something in the future for him. It, it makes sense it'll be in the future because the Crows' picks this year are 9, 21 and 24 now. There is no way they're going to part way with those picks to get Chris Burgess in. So it might be a future fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever it looks like. Uh, that would be the way. And he played forward. We, we saw him as a backman, but mm. he didn't he lead the, 60, the VFL? 61 goals wow. this year in the VFL in the 20 games. Uh, now, they won the premiership in the VFL, so he was playing in a very good team up in the forward line, which makes it easier to kick goals. But, um, again, we've mentioned in the past that Tex is still going around. You've got Fogarty. You've got Phil Thorpe. There's plenty of options. Gallant in the sample. There's plenty of options for the Crow in the forward line so if he is to come to the Crows I imagine it will be in the defensive stocks yeah it'd be a good utility I'd imagine um, I saw him as a backman but a forward and if, if Fogarty gets hurt or Walker's getting older yeah and you wouldn't have to give up a lot nah, for him a future fifth for, round or whatever it is, is it, fourth yeah. round or fifth round it's uh, it's one why not take the punt and, and as you said the utility aspect of it is what I think the Crows will see as a really desirable outcome. What's young Hollandsworth? He's only second or third year and he had a, I think he did, did a knee too early on, but yep. a, he's an amazing talent. He is. He hasn't quite got to and shown his talent yet, which is why I think that's what the teams that would be after him would be suggesting, that he's not worth why, where he was picked, which is a first round pick. So I think that the Gold Coast, they might part ways with him if you were to offer a second round draft pick. I think that that's something that could appease both Gold Coast and the team that would be trying to get him. Now, he's 21 years of age. He is from Adelaide, so born in Adelaide. So uh, that's very interesting. But, um, yeah, an ACL injury early on. He was a top 10 draft pick in the 2020 draft. So it's a very interesting one what teams would actually offer for yeah, Elijah Holland. Dad played here in the Sandville too. And uh, Chol well, was interesting. No interest. No one's inquired about Chol. But obviously Chol's looking around himself, but... Do you think they'll they keep him? or I think it'd be handy with Adelaide. Yeah, I think he would too. But in saying that, if you're going to get Burgess in, you're going to get Chol in as well. Like You're going to have to give up a bit more for Chol than you will for Burgess. So um, I'm not so certain that he's now 26 years of age. He is two metres though, so oh. 200 centimetres that don't uh, grow on trees. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. He's uh, very interesting. Watch this space with Gold Coast and the Crows. Yeah, and also Port. I'm interested if they can get Radagalia and Zerk Thatcher. Everyone plays hardball until they don't. 
catch every NFL season game this season with a game pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. Still a big show to come. Uh, we've got Laurie Colliver going down the Karen Rock Noble shortly. Also talking AFLW. Too looking forward to that. What about the Crows? Five zip. They take on league leader Melbourne this weekend. Should be a magnificent game. And someone's going to have to lose. Hopefully it's not Adelaide. So stick with us on Sports Day SA. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter... Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Shortly, Brooke Tonham will join us from AFLW, the Crows. But for tyre power, the great race sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. Just quickly, we spoke about Tom Duday, trade update. Um, what's he worth? What sort of... I think he's worth a second round pick. Now, it depends on whether it's after the Crows' second round pick or at the end of the second round. If it's at the end, it's 36. But I reckon it's more so your pick 28 will be after the Crows' second round pick. Yeah, I think that'd be fair. Well, a young lady, as I said, just making a mark at AFLW. She was picked 20 in the 21 draft, originally from Mount Gambier. And uh, she's playing some good football too. Her name's Brooke Tonin, and she joins us now. Hi, Brooke. Hello. You'd be uh, pretty happy with the, the Club 5 zip sitting up on top of the tree there with Melbourne. It can't get much better than that. Yeah, no, really good hype around the club, and I'm excited for the top-of-the-table clash this week, which should be good. Now, just take us back to yourself. Uh, originally a country girl, how did you find your way down here and uh, playing for the Crows? What was your journey? Yeah, um, so I started playing when I was nine, um, down at East Gambia Footy Club, and then I was zoned to um, Glenelg Sandville, so I played, would travel each week to go play Glenelg Juniors. And then, yeah, made my way through the state academies and um, in my... Under 19 year in 2021, I got drafted by the Crows, which is awesome. Ah, it's exciting. You've gone to obviously a great club that's had uh, some rich history of success in, in in recent times. And speaking of recent times, 5-0, and o, Wilds touched on it. You come up against Melbourne this week, who are also 5-0. and o. They haven't lost in 14 weeks. So hopefully this week is the first week. How do you get the job done over the Demons? Yeah, and no, obviously they're a very um, good side. Um yeah, haven't conceded the goal in fourth quarters for a long time. Um, so it should be a really good contest. Yeah, we, um, we're hoping to thrive off that challenge and hopefully get the win. But yeah, um, they're very good in the contest, offensively, defensively. So we're just going to match that and hopefully be a bit better over all aspects over the ground. Yeah, they certainly are. They are the number one ranked offensive team in the competition at 80 points a game. Mm. Your girls are, are pretty good as well. Number two ranked at 66 points a game. So... Effectively, we might see a shootout this weekend. Yeah, hopefully that'll make it some entertaining footy. But yeah, we're um, really impressed with our scoring compared to previous years. So we've been able to hit the scoreboard a bit more, which is something we're after. So that's pretty good to to have up there. Brooke, I saw the game against Gold Coast Suns and I know the margin was 32 points, but at times it seemed closer. They provided a really good hit out for the Crows, I thought. They, They had a go, didn't they? Yeah, no, Gold Coast, uh, they um, are number one for contest, I think, in the competition. Melbourne also, like, around the mark. But, yeah, Gold Coast, a really good contest team. They're pretty good runners. So, yeah, they definitely um, showed it to us a few times throughout that match. Now, we saw Daniel Ponder kick a long goal earlier, but what about uh, a couple of other nominations? Uh, Caitlin Gould, goal of the year. Eloise Jones, I think, second week in a row, a nomination for mark of the year. Yeah, um, we're pretty <laughs> pretty lucky with the talent forwards, uh, the talented forwards we have up. 
um, for our disposal. So, yeah, uh, DP's goal from the centre square was unbelievable. <laughs> I remember watching that. Um, and Goldie's candy to a few players as a tool was quite good too. And then EJ just, yeah, airily a really good presence for us. So, yeah, hopefully um, she can get a get a nomination at the end of the year and um, Goldie and DP as well. A lot of good names there, as as is the head coach, Doc Clark, uh, doing a great job again. How's the reviews been the first five weeks? Now, this is the margin so far, 69 points, 47, 32, 30, and 29. So no team has got within 29 points of the Crows this year. The reviews must uh, be just nice to sit back and, and watch so far in the first five weeks. Yeah, um, no, he definitely highlights the things we do well, but as all teams do, yeah, um, we definitely have a lot to work on, so... We do put a bit of focus on those areas and um, things we can continually improve. So, yeah, I know we wanted to crack on a bit of our defensive pressure and our press and stuff at the contest. So, yeah, um, those are a few of the things that we looked at in the first few weeks. And, yeah, just our mm. ball movement, taking more of the steady options rather than um, blazing away. But, yeah, still, um, still some pretty good reviews, obviously. But, yeah... Um, always looking to improve and take that next step. And no Sarah Allen uh, due to injury, but Zoe Prowse, she's really stepped up, hasn't she? Yeah, no, her, I think she had probably like 2,000 intercept possessions on the weekend. Um, <laughs> her marking ability is unreal. And yeah, her for, for a tall, her ability to attack the contest and um, on the ground as well has been unbelievable, especially for a young player. So she's been a good, um, good player to kind of take the role of that tall with Sarah out. But... Yeah, hopefully we're good to see Sarah back soon too. Now, Brooke, you're a good young talent too. If you had to work on something um, on your game, what would you like to improve? Is there one area or how, how would you describe that? Yeah, obviously, there are obviously a few areas I would like to improve. <laughs> but um, the one thing for me is probably my body work and contest shape. Um, yeah, just getting a bit stronger and, yeah, holding my space well in that contest and yeah. Yeah, taking a few more aerials and a few more ground balls and things like that. You only just turned 20 last month, didn't you? Yeah, um, a couple weeks ago. Just a young girl still and with, a, of with a massive future. Hey, Brooke, thanks for talking. It was good luck this week too and uh, hopefully the Crows can go six from six. No worries. Yeah, that'll be good. Good on Thank you, Brooke. You. Thanks, Brooke. Uh, Brooke Tonin there from AFLW, Crows AFLW. And uh, from Brooke, we're going to go to shortly to Laurie Collar and find out what the wash-up is. In fact, it's lost in the wash thanks to Toolkit Depot. You should get down there, Dan. They've got everything. I, I actually did a broadcast down there a couple oh, of Saturdays ago with Paul Bonser and uh, down at, uh, it was down south, actually. Look at everything, haven't um, they? There is so much there. It takes almost a day to go through. There's plenty happening. Yeah, they've got tools, equipment, safety gear, workwear. Go and see them. Check them out. We're talking toolkit depot. Let's go to Laurie Culliver. Knows everything about cricket, too. And uh, what's been a bit of a topsy-turvy day, we Thought with Tasmania 70-odd uh, leading on the first innings, and we saw three for 20. Loz, how are you? Well, hello, Dan. Listeners, how are you going? What's the latest, big fella? Yeah, well, a bit nervous at the end there. Three for 47 at the close. Still 27 behind. It was three for 10. Top order woes again for South Australia. They were four for 49 in the first innings, and uh, unfortunately just not able to cut the mustard uh, late this evening. Henry Hunt just out for two, nicking one to third slip. Then Kelvin uh, Smith on the drive, caught in the gully by Jack Weatherham. Then Daniel Drew survived a very good shout for LBW. Then the following delivery was trapped pretty much plumb in front by Lawrence Neil Smith, who has two wickets. So it was none for six, one for six, two for six, three oh. for ten. Fortunately, um, Nathan McSweeney came out and hit some nice boundaries. And Jake Lima got a clunk on the head in the second last over of the day, but recovered to play out time to be eight not out. McSweeney 26 and 
27 behind. But at least today, there were some positives in the field. And Tassie got the one for 211, boys. I thought they'd be chasing wow. 4 four fifty, But they responded well, largely through the efforts of Jordan Buckingham, who took 7 for 71. Career best figures for him, his first five. The best figures at Karen Rotten Oval and kept that deficit to 74, which was a, a big relief given uh, they were one for just over 200. But Charlie Wakem played well for his 110. Caleb Jewell, over the innings, played well. And uh, the, the thing that I liked about Buckingham, boys, was that uh, he taxed the stumps. His last five wickets of his seven, LBW bold, bold, LBW Gee. bold. So, you know, when you're bowling to the lower order, you've got to tax the stumps more. And I think it vindicated his performance today. 23.1 overs, four maiden, seven for 71. He, he got wickets either side of lunch and tea, and uh, he looks a beauty for the future. Yeah, he certainly does. So, Laurie, how much do we need then tomorrow, effectively? I mean, looking at Tasmania's bowling yeah. lineup, it's probably their weakness with some lesser lesser names in Gabe Bell, Neil Smith, Owen Hope, Webster, yeah. are their bowlers. So yeah. we're still trailing by 27 runs. How many do we need realistically to bowl Tasmania out in the fourth innings? Oh, I'd like to think we need another 300. 280 on this pitch could be interesting, uh, or 270-odd. Um, the one thing I did note, um, since about lunchtime today, there was a lot of batsmen getting hit on the gloves and the body. So as this pitch is starting to dry out, it's starting to do a little bit more. And uh, I think, you know, Trent Kelly's done a very, very good job uh, getting this drop-in wicket together, along with uh, Damien Hoff and the, uh, the whole Sacker ground staff team. You know, just getting it from Adelaide Oval out the back there to, to the Karen Rotten Oval and, and getting it up in a month. But um, it has got a little bit difficult, more difficult to play on with you know, Tassie losing their last nine for 160, Redbacks three for 47 tonight. So wickets are starting to fall a bit more regularly. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, 23 wickets in two days, um, it's been entertaining. And the run rate's been four and over. So there's been plenty in it for everybody. If you're good enough to bat, you can make runs. And if you're good enough to bowl, as Buckingham showed today, you can get wickets. Oh, Loz, that's good because there's been a, a road in recent years there. Every, you know, mm. been making massive scores. So it's a good competition between bat and ball at the moment. It's a lot more fairer, and I would also say, you know, having those pitches not dug up by footy boots of old Ignatians in the amateur league probably has helped a, a little bit as well. And uh, look, 23 wickets for uh, close to, what are we at, uh, 700 and odd runs. Uh, it's been an entertaining uh, couple of days. A great innings by Jake Lehman yesterday. I thought he played really, really well. And, you know, the key is going to be him tomorrow, and he's just got to get a bit of support. Jake Fraser McGurk got a good 37. In the first innings yesterday, but really sort of threw it away, and, and it's really going to come down to him and Nielsen and Menenti and McSweeney, and mm. just hope that South Australia can conjure up a, a third innings tally of at least three hundred to put the Tigers under a bit of pressure. Yeah, it certainly will. So in the last innings, then, Laurie, are we expecting to see a little bit more maybe of Menenti to have an impact, or do you just still think it's going to be a, a pace bowling wicket? No, it's quick bowls wicket, Dan. I think very much so. Just. You know, even if you have a bit of a look at the highlights, folks, uh, from today, there's a lot of batsmen getting hit on gloves that were set, a lot of blokes getting in on inner thigh guards, and I think tomorrow could be a bit of a testing day for, for the batting side from the Redbacks' point of view. And, uh, you know, if they can somehow get to 300 and even set 240, they've got a chance. But full credit to Tassie. You know, they've bowled well. They got South Australia out in 63.4 overs on the opening day. They've caught brilliantly in the slips cordon. And you, know, you talk about Gabe Bell and Lawrence Neal-Smith. Well, they haven't had a look in in the last season or so because they've had Peter Siddle and Jackson Bird and these sort of guys. So they've taken full advantage with some great catching behind the stumps. Uh, you know, they're well set to win this game, maybe in three days. Hey, Loz, you mentioned Buckingham. Wonderful effort, seven mm-hmm. wickets. What's his background? Country boy from Victoria. Ended up playing at Footscray in the Victorian club cricket. Bear Hughes. 
part of the old uh, Gillespie and uh, Co. Fast bowling cartel recommended him to uh, to Jason over here. Played the last game of the 21-2 season where he got four for in the first innings. Only played, I think, five games last season and, and probably missed a few chances because they ended up obviously picking Spencer Johnson on the back of his great performances in the second half of the season. And now, obviously, with so many options in the pace bowling department, um, Buckingham's had it to really, you know, put his foot forward to keep his spot in the side. And he's certainly going to do yeah. that on the back of 7 for 71 uh, in this uh, Tassie first dig. Now, Loz, before we let you go, we're going to chat a bit more tomorrow night about the ODI World Cup coming up. Who is your pick to win it this year? I was a bit worried about Australia until the last sort of uh, couple of well, week or so. I thought their win in the last game in India was uh, very, very good. I, I know last night was a bit Mickey Mouse with the practice game against Pakistan, but I thought, you know, just got a few cobwebs out, a few players. Uh, it's going to come down to how well Stark and they bowl with the new ball and whether the, the spin is enough and the all-rounders. Obviously, David Warner's been batting well. Travis Head was down at the ground today as well. He's still got his hand well taped up. It'll be three weeks on Friday since the injury happened. So I'd still, still say he's a good three weeks from playing, given the nature of that. I do like the Aussies to at least make the semis. I think India are going to be hard to beat. I think England's firepower with the bat and their variations with the ball almost makes them a certain semi-finalist. That fourth spot's going to be the tricky one, whether it's Pakistan, a New Zealand or a South Africa. Yeah. I'm not too sure, but I think, I think the top three sides are definitely India, England and Australia. Yeah, great judge, Loz. Just before you go, Matty Wade, we're talking about him. He's so antagonistic. Everyone loves to hate Matty Wade and he loves them hating him, but he's the sort of player you want in your team, isn't he? He's a little bulldog, yeah. little fighter. And you look at his career, he's had an amazing career, really, both at Shield and Test level. He, he's got everything out of him. And I thought today, actually, I'm glad you brought him up because he, he batted pretty well for his 43. Um, took a few blows while batting. Took a brilliant catch yesterday to dismiss Henry Hunt. Caught down the leg side. And he is such a competitor. And, uh, you know, if you had to bring him back into that Australian white ball team, I'm sure he wouldn't let uh, let him down. But at 35, you know, he's concentrating on Tassie and a bit of a T20 around the world now. Hoping to cash in and get a bit of a uh, superannuation build up, David. <laughs> well, you get him up, Loz. You can, do, you can move mountains. Thanks, Laurie. Good to chat, boys. All the best. See Thanks, Laurie. Laurie Culliver really knows his cricket. And, uh, he does, yeah, doesn't he? Just on that, you're going to have a good look at the World Cup tomorrow, but Australia's batting looks like it's coming together. Labuschagne and they've got Smith, <coughs> excuse me, Warner, uh, Mitch Marsh, well, that's Maxwell. The, yeah, the interesting one for mine is Marsh. They're going to open him with Trav not being there at the start. So for mine, it's if Mitch Marsh gets away, oh. we are going to be hard to beat. But at the same time, then it's on the flip side. If he doesn't, then we could uh, lose a few. So we play India in the first game, which will be a really tough. It's in Chennai. It'll be a real spin-friendly yeah, wicket. They'll turn up. They'll turn up wickets for because Australia don't really have much of a spinner, do they? No, Maxwell. I think they've scheduled that quite well to favour them because it is known as the best spin wicket in the country. And India have got about one and a half billion to pick from. It's amazing. <laughs> They're eleven. You know, one goes out. They've got another five thing come in incredibly talented side so looking forward to that i know dan's gonna have a good look at the world cup and we'll try and pick you a winner there um coming up shortly scotty ninnis and uh adelaide 36 is boy they're currently zero and two sports day sa On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Yeah, time to talk now to assistant coach at the 36ers, Scotty Ninnis, for mate. Fair dink of internet without the fuss. Score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr goal. We're talking mate and men's uh, 0 2. It looks on paper, doesn't look great, but boy, did the 36ers have a couple of chances to win both games against the Bullets and Melbourne. 
It wasn't to be, but uh, let's go to Scotty Ninnis. Uh, Scott, we're not blaming you, but the start against Brisbane, outstanding, and you, had, you certainly had your chances against Melbourne as well. Yeah, we did. As you alluded to, boys, zero and two isn't uh, isn't ideal to kickstart a season, and uh, you know we we had some pretty ordinary uh, lead up games in, in the pre season, and uh, you know to start off the way we did against Brisbane was uh, was outstanding. I think we we're all looking at each other, going, "Well, <laughs> you know, maybe we have been foxing and uh, just just setting it up for the rest of the year." But uh, you know, it's always. It is always difficult, you know, those early leagues to sustain them and, and, and Brisbane at home were never going to uh, just roll over. Uh, and, and unfortunately, you know, the margin probably blew out and probably flattered them a little bit in the end. But uh, you had to turn around two days later and, and have our chances against Melbourne United, who are obviously going to be one of the pace setters this year, uh, w- w- was was pleasing. But, um, you know, we just got to find a way to win games. So that, that's the... Start and finish of it. It's all very well to talk about our, you know, the the, the good the good things that we did, but uh, the fact is we're still zero and two. So Scotty, you've had the week now to review the weekend's games, and I guess one of the things that's probably come up is the rebounds. You've been out rebounded in both games, and in particular the offensive rebounds. You lost that by ten in the first and seven in the second. What are you going to do in that area to be able to change things against Perth on uh, Friday night? Yeah, absolutely, and to give up. You know, 23 offensive rebounds in one game, and then to back it up with giving up 21 the next game is is just completely unacceptable. And you know the way the game is played these days, with you know, such an emphasis on the three-point line, and, and you get a lot of those proven shots, which means long rebounds. So you, you know, you certainly not can't just point the finger at uh, at the big guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's got to be a collective thing as a team, and we just have to have. I guess more pride, you know, uh, on that end. We, we've played pretty well defensively, you know. We, we gave up 87 points against Brisbane, only 82 against yeah. Melbourne United. But you know, given those second-chance opportunities, you know, when you've got people like Chris Goulding just, uh, you know, just skulking around on the perimeter and, and he hit a couple of threes, you know, after those giving up those offensive rebounds, which we, we just have to correct, Every every uh, player is critical, but you're starting five, I think, even more so. You, have you got that in order, Scott? You've, is that how you want to go? You're still experimenting there with the, with some new players? How would you de- describe that? Look, I, I think right now it is our best lineup as far as uh, from a starting group. Now, in, in saying that, you know, there's some guys who, you know, have been down on form and, and haven't played, you know, to the best of their ability, but... I guess, and once again, I'd certainly not want to make excuses, but we we didn't have that group together, you know, in in the pre-season as a starting lineup. So it is going to take a little bit of time. But you know, it would be fair to say that we we've had some guys who have been down, and and you know, certainly uh, from a I guess from a shooting point of view, you know, you just know that guys yeah. like Mitch McCarron and Trey Kill and these guys are going to. And, and Sunday Ditch are, are, are going to get rolling. You know, they're, they're, they're too good of players, you know, to stay down. Um, once again, I think what we've done from a defensive standpoint has, has been outstanding. One of one of CJ's, uh, I guess, perimeters defensively is holding teams, you know, to 22 or, 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 point, or less points in a quarter. And, and we've 
we've managed to do that, as I said, with giving up 87 and 82 points. But you know, we, we, need to, we need to put the ball in the basket at the moment and scoring the 70s just isn't going to get it done. Yeah, so Scott, you mentioned the 22 points there. You take on Perth this Friday night over there, which no doubt is one of the hardest trips <laughs> in the game. They scored 38 points in the last quarter against South East Melbourne. They already were out of the game, but um, a real challenge. How are you going to quell their offence? Yeah, it's, it's it's a tough one. I mean, they, they've got talent everywhere. And, uh, you know, I would have rather seen them after a nice, comfortable win than after a loss because, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the great teams, you know, all the, all the very best teams I've ever been involved with, you know, after a loss, that's when they're at their most dangerous. And the Wildcats certainly will be, especially in front of, uh, you know, their, their home crowd over there. Um, but once again, it's just another challenge, you know. I, you know, I think with... You know, Bryce Cotton, you get the best player in the competition, but I th- think we've got guys like Sunday Ditch and, and Mitch McCarron who are, you know, some of the premier defenders in the league, so we've got people to be able to go up against him, but uh, um, yeah, that's once again, our team defence has to be has to be really tight, but we, you know, I'd really like to see us just loosen the reins and, and for those guys to come in and shoot confidently and, and, and back themselves in, and you know, it's at the moment, it's one of those weird positions that's probably no one's given us any chance at all to go over and win that game. And to mm. me, that's, that's great. You know, we can go out and play play confidently and, and play relaxed and, uh, you know, see where the chips uh, <coughs> fall. Excuse me. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would have been nice for them to, uh, to, to have had a nice, comfortable win and, and feel uh, maybe a little bit complacent. But that's certainly not going to be the case now. Are you still looking for another import? I, I suppose they don't grow on trees and, it, and it's quite late now. What's... What sort of scenario are your position in now, Scotty? Oh, look, that, that's a, that's a you know it's been a daily conversation at the moment. Um, you know, we we have an opportunity to replace an import. Um, you know, I think there's been a little bit of uh, you know let's wait and see exactly what we what we need. Unfortunately, the situation with Jamal Franklin didn't work out, and. You know, what type of player do we need? Do we need a point guard? Do we need a big guy? Do we need, um, you know, just a flat-out score? And all those conversations are currently happening. Uh, we also got to be mindful of the fact that we don't want to get in too deep a hole from a from a win-loss record before we bring someone in, if, in fact, that's what we do. But uh, those certain, certainly those conversations are happening on a daily basis at the moment. And consistency, as I said at the in the opening, you know, against Brisbane and Melbourne, you had some really good stuff, but then Melbourne go on a... 23 run and then I think you're 15 up on the bullets and they come back hard. It's just sort of um, cutting your losses a bit, not not letting them get away like that for any ex- extent of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, the, we've been around this game for a long time. I mean, you can't have those, you know, those those mental lapses, I, I guess. Um, you know, you look at the league this year and, um, you know, there's, there's not too many bad teams. You know, you've got teams that are, Never going to be out of it, and, and you look at a Melbourne United and the, you know, the quality of the player one through ten that they have is uh, is quite amazing. So, you know, those teams are going to come back, uh, especially when they get in the hole. And we've just got to, I guess, be a bit more resilient and a bit more mentally tough when those situations are, ha- are happening to us. So, Scotty, you mentioned that, that there's not many bad teams in this competition. Well, the road trip doesn't get any easier. You go from Perth on Friday night to Sydney on Sunday afternoon. So. How's it look scheduling wise? You travel over to Perth Thursday and then Saturday over to Sydney, is it? Yeah, that's that's it. So uh, 
you know, I'm not sure the person that does the scheduling in the NBL, I don't think they looked at a map of Australia when they claimed this one for <laughs> us, but, uh, um, you know, it doesn't get much tougher than that. I think it's probably, you know, five hours from Perth to Sydney on the on the Saturday and, uh, and then uh, get ready for an afternoon game on the Sunday. But once again, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, every, every team's going to have difficult road trips this year. Um, we have no excuses. You know, we just got to go out and uh, you know, work out a way to get a win. Mate, you'll be right. You'll be in business class right at the pointy end of the plane. You'll be okay, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure who you've been talking to, but I'll be, I'll be down the back next to the toilet somewhere, I reckon. No, nah, men, uh, men's and I've got contacts. We'll get you up the front. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Sold. Yeah, good on you. Scotty Ninnis. Thanks, Scotty. And good luck, too. Yeah. Got a no, it's too easy, boys. Thanks for having me on. Tough draw, Perth, followed by the Sydney Kings. Uh, Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Men's, we're done. That's it again. We are done. It's been a huge day again. Uh, tomorrow, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. The World Cup is oh, yeah. kicking off in India. England versus New Zealand, the first game. So it goes for two months. Every team plays 10. I saw that. Every country plays 10, uh, nine matches. So against the other nine teams in it. So... It is a long one. Stick with us for throughout the whole two months, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. And who's your early tip? Oh, I still think India at home. The pressure yeah. you mentioned yesterday will be high, but the last three World Cup winners have actually been the home team. They so have. they have had success. I think that the spin pitches, they'll, they'll doctor it and play it into their terms. We have a great night. We'll do it all again tomorrow between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye for now. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.